Ted Jones World Podcast, episode 144. And today, if you guys are watching on YouTube, you see that we have a lovely guest on the couch next to me. Zach McGovern, what's up, dude? What's up? Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Your voice just got like a little bit lower there and like more handsomely yeah. sexy. I think well, I noticed that your podcast was. It's for the viewers. Yeah. Okay, you know? right. Well, you are newly single, so I can imagine that um, yeah. you know, you're uh, taking your cream of the crop. Just getting right out of the gate with that, Taking huh? Taking the crop, well, I guess. That's like <laughs> how we started it. But what's up, man? How are you doing? Good, good, man. Just uh, trying to stop sweating. It's, it's hot out here in these streets. Seriously, it starts at, even like today, it started at what, like 70 degrees, and now yeah. it's, it's a cool night. But you know what? I'm not going to complain, because I, I I take heat over cold anytime. I like the mid-spring mid yeah. time do kind of weather, you know? But not the weather where it starts, like even, like, even this morning, it starts at 70 and goes to yeah. 90. I'd rather just know right at the gate that it's going to be fucking hot as bulls all well because day. then you don't like have like degrees. your your outfit yeah it's not oh, an all day outfit your windbreaker you gotta put it around your waist tie yeah. it up like i got shorts oh. on now but by the time it's like 8 p.m it's gonna be like maybe pants weather so i'm just gonna have to deal with being a little bit cold also if you had pants on before I'd, it was short weather oh my god then like you, you gotta carry around a backpack with all this stuff well you do usually carry around a backpack i guess you don't have one right now or, or i've seen you a few times in the i mean yeah, no? that, when i used to live uh, like in Brooklyn and in Queens, I would just bring my backpack because I would have like, you know, jokes in there and like a cha- change of clothes. <laughs> you just have a dildo in your back? <laughs> yeah, so I'm, a, I'm, I'm a prop comic, but I only use dildos. <laughs> Where do you used to live in Brooklyn? Uh, all over. I mean, I've been in New York. Uh, October's going to be 13 years. So I've been, oh, yeah. I've been everywhere except Staten Island and the Bronx. So I've been okay. all over. So a lot of places in Brooklyn. A lot of places in Queens. Is Staten Island even a borough? I'm like not 100% sure. I, I, it is technically, I mean, but yeah. it's also part of New Jersey. You yeah. know, if you like really look at it on a map. Yeah, yeah. And it's far, dude. It's far. It's a, it's a ferry or that long ass bridge way deep in Brooklyn. You can't really live in Staten Island and commute to Manhattan with ease, I feel. No, I mean, if you have to get on a boat to get to another borough. <laughs> yeah, like, it doesn't seem that easy. It's not great. And they, I mean, they go all night, but like sometimes they crash right, and. Right, right. There's a lot of just, I mean, if you think there's shitty people on the subway, like the Staten Island Ferry, nothing against people from Staten Island, but I just feel like if you get on the ferry past, because I used to do uh, the Looney Bin in Staten Island. So that's like every Friday, Saturday, I would do the, not every Friday, but I would do it a lot. So I would ride the ferry back late as hell. And I would just see a lot of those people that are just like blasted drunk, just like on a boat. What are you doing? You're on a boat. Interesting. Interesting. You did the uh, Ted Jones comedy show at Asylum NYC last Thursday. How was the experience for you, man? Well, I mean, it was fantastic. I was telling Danny Palmer, who was also on the show, obviously, but for the viewers, they don't know. uh, That used to be UCB. And when I first started comedy, I would go to Whiplash on Monday nights there at 11. And I was a new comic and I would see all these like big ass comics and like up and coming comics at the time, like Mark Norman and people like that. And I would just sit in the front row there because it would be so packed there was no seats and i would just be like and nobody Man. wants to sit in the front row nobody wants to sit in the front especially if you're on the ground because you just feel weird but i was like man one day i want to perform on this stage this is great like this is like other than the comedy cellar this to me represents new york city comedy let's go you know what i mean and then nice. that place closed down and it turned into asylum and then i get to perform there you go <laughs> well it, i think um it, it was well it was improv asylum but I want to say yeah. that they took over the space from UCB because I don't want to bite my tongue when I say this, but UCB, I think, decided not to renew the lease. Yeah, because they're still space. around, right? Well, no, UCB closed down the theater that they have on 
42nd between, excuse Damn. me, fuck, I don't know the exact address. I think it is 42nd between 10th and, and 11th. East is done too. Yeah. That was done for years. Yeah, so they still have UCB LA. And I was I was taking classes for years at the UCB um, and performing at that uh, stage in Hell's Kitchen. It was like a little bit bigger mm-hmm. than the asylum. The asylum here, I think, is like 112. And then uh, in Hell's Kitchen, they can hold like 165. Oh, damn, it's pretty something big. like that. But we'll see what happens with UCB. It was such a good program. Um, yeah. Upright Citizens Brigade. They had like a number of fun improv classes if you guys have never never heard of that but they also have a ton of groups like funny improv groups yeah. that perform now at um asylum nyc over here so nice. you can like ch- ch- check i have a little bit of an issue with ucb why well because I, I when i first started comedy i started in chicago and i was doing second city and uh improv olympic there in the annoyance theater so i went through all those programs i got yeah. you know I, I was i was picked to be on main stage teams so i was like in chicago yeah so okay. i was like pretty experience by the time i moved to new york and i went to ucb and i was like can i audition for a team and they were like well what's your background and i told them and i like give them all my teachers info and the the theater directors there because they know me because i was on the stages uh and they were like mm, well our program's a little bit different yeah because so. oh, they wanted you to go through all four of the ucb classes yeah i mean and okay to make you pay probably like i know, get it it's a business thirty six hundred dollars it's, yeah it's, it's a lot of money yeah. and i was you know not that i'm like rolling in it now but i can afford it better than i could then i was yeah. like 21 22 and i just was broke as shit so i was like well can i at least just audition and then if you tell me I need to take the classes because you don't think I'm ready, that's fine. But just let me do that, that rather than just being like, no, 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 you have to do this thing first. And mm-hmm. it's a whole year. You know what I mean? So that's kind of what bridged me into starting stand-up. Oh, so you didn't even <clears throat> have like a knack for stand-up initially. It was just like you wanted to do improv and then it just kind of led to doing stand-up. Because stand-up yeah. you can kind of do anywhere or exactly. anywhere that they have. And that, that's what happened because I was like, okay, well, I, I don't have $450 to pay for a class right now. So how can I do comedy in any sense? And then I would start looking up, you know, free comedy nights and then open mics would pop up. I mean, I always knew I kind of wanted to do stand up too, but I was doing improv and I was starting to feel like I was getting a little bit successful at yeah. it. So I was like, I, I was focusing on that. But then when I kind of hit that roadblock, I started doing open mics. And then I realized, oh, I like, I actually like stand up better because I like it just being me. I mean, I do enjoy improv still, but I, I more so like stand up. That's funny. I kind of had the same progression, I'd say, through from or starting at like the improv level. And then when UCB closed down, I was like, holy shit, like, what the hell am I going to do in terms of getting on stage and entertaining? Yeah, exactly. And then now um, doing this hosting thing. But I hope they come back in terms of like just. <clears throat> Being on an improv level, you know, like watching improv shows, in my opinion, are so funny. And there's so many talented people. Yeah. It's crazy in improv. I mean, they, they, they are really, really good ones, but they're also really, really bad ones. Yeah. Like it's bad, de- there's bad. definitely a line, you know, like yeah. being an OK <clears throat> improver just is like middle of the line. They're like, aren't that many. It's like you're either like not good yeah. or really good, in my opinion. My, one of my coaches when I was at uh, Improv Olympic in Chicago would always ask us after our shows, how do you think that went? And anytime okay. someone would say, oh, it was OK, he would be like, no, no, no. It was either amazing or it was terrible because you don't you don't force yourself to learn from okay because you could just be like oh this that was okay right like where do i need to improve or what did i you know what did i do really good at interesting thought because if you were terrible then you go i have to here's what i messed up but if you were awesome you say here's what i did awesome let's do that again rather than just being like nah, it was okay yeah you know that's right so that's how i try to look at my stand-up too i'm like all right well did i i crushed that set or like 
do I feel like I bombed? So then I'll, I'll like watch my videos and be like, well, what did I do that felt out of character for me? Or what do I do that felt like, okay, you were in the pocket here and killing it, you know? So you've <clears> done <throat> a number of shows in Florida, like I guess in the past six months to a year. Yeah. So most of the pandemic, I was going down there for, yeah, I would say between one and three weeks a month. What, what was it like down there? I mean, is it kind of just like the same I mean, same kind of setup as New York bars, comedy wise or COVID wise, no comedy wise, comedy wise. Um, it's New York, but it's, it's a little, little more spread out. Cause I, I would primarily go between West Palm and Miami. So I would do West Palm, uh, there's Lake Worth and then there's Delray beach and then there's Boca, Fort Lauderdale, uh, Hollywood, and then Miami. Right, that's not like an hour drive kind of. Probably from West Palm, like an hour and a half to Miami. Okay. So you have the West Palm Improv, you have the Miami Improv, there's Boca Black Box Theater. Uh, they're opening another one in Fort Lauderdale. And then you're just filled in with like bar shows and things like that. But there's a, there's a pretty good scene down there. Like I was surprised. I went down there to headline one show and I, you know, you start networking with people and they're like, oh, we'll come do this show. Oh, we'll come do this show. Oh, yeah. I'm over here. Right. Yeah, come on by. So right. like when I was down there, I was doing probably conservatively like five shows a week and that's like when i was when there was nothing happening in new york you know yeah it was, it's definitely a good mix up i went to imp- miami improv <clears throat> ricky velez was headlining that oh yeah yeah nice like two years ago mm-hmm. probably big space and i can imagine like all these other spaces probably have a ton yeah. of seating as well the west palm improv is a little smaller but i mean the miami improv is amazing that's that's like a perfect like go do your weekend like for Ricky and, and obviously people that do weekends there. It's yeah. like a perfect space for that because yeah, it's, it's not cool. quite a theater, but it's not like a small club. So you can go there and like get a good gauge if, if you're, you know, at a level where you can sell at a club like that. Cause if you can go sell out a 400 person club, like you're doing pretty fucking good. Yeah. I love Miami, man. <clears throat> Just in general though. Me too. I feel I f- like if I could move down there, I, I would. So meaning, I mean the reason why, I wouldn't move down to Miami just that. is because I feel like I would be missing something not being in New York. Really? What, yeah, what? I just have FOMO not being in New York. I feel like everything's kind of here, no? Like, do, just ter- everything in general? Well, or comedy? It, it, or what well, are you talking about? Well, in terms about? of network, comedy, yeah. but I think just meeting... You know, I don't want I don't want to sound like controversial in saying this, but I just feel like the more important people are living in New York than living in Miami full-time or like even comedy wise, you know, like you'll yeah. meet the bigger comics and have a chance to rub shoulders with bigger comics in New York than in a West Palm. You know what I mean? I do agree uh, to a certain extent, but, and I only have a little disagreement just because I was down there for a while. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, exactly. you know, like my level, your level, you're a little, you're quite a bit newer than me and yeah. stand up. So our levels I would say are a little different. Um, but even for me and, I don't know, maybe even more so for someone like you, because you are newer in stand up. Like there's enough of a scene down there where you can establish a name and you can establish like your rotation and you can get into a lot of shows and you can like get really good down there. I agree with what you're saying as far as me- meeting bigger comics. But during the pandemic, I met a bunch of bigger, albeit like middle age, not I want to say middle age, but guys who've been doing it like 25, 30 years. And then they're just like, all right, well, I want to get the fuck out of New York or L.A. or wherever they were. And then they come down to Florida and I opened for a bunch of them. They got me on a bunch of headlining gigs, too. So for that, it was great. But I, I don't know if I moved down there, would I kind of hit a dead end as far as where the growth is? That's what I that's what I'm I would kind of think. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, 
there's so much social media stuff now and like you're yeah. doing this, you know, you're putting this out and, and you, you could easily do this in Miami. I'm not yeah, like definitely. vying for you to go no, to I Miami. Think, no, no, no. I think you're playing devil's advocate. Yeah. Sort. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't know if uh, Schultz is back, but I heard Andrew Schultz moved to Miami. But that's a guy that's like, you know, several levels above me because he's he's huge. You know what I mean? So wherever he goes, there's work for him and he can right, right, right. sell out clubs and sell out the improvs. Like, I'm not at that level yet. So I don't know. I would probably hit a roadblock in, at some point. But I do think I could still continue to get better and continue to work and 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 grow as a comic. Maybe not as fast as New York, but and maybe well, miss a lot what, of opportunities. That's what, I, that's what I think it is, though, in terms of just growth and your ability to grow. I think it's either New York or L.A. And between those two, I think it's New York. You know, yeah, I mean, I would. I, I did L.A. for a year and three days, and I like uh, I had the three days, so you know exactly how I feel. Yeah. About it. <laughs> Uh, but that's LA is much more of a city where you need to be a name. Like you need to be at a Ricky level or, or whoever, but that like that level or above, because you can go there and work in LA, but, and you can, if you're less, not at that level quite yet. Like I, I lived out there and I was doing some shows, but it's very much a city where your name is going to get you a lot of shit. But also like New York, you can travel to four or five shows a night easily. You yeah, know, like, the most I did here was nine shows in a night. Yeah, like Florida, you can't do that. And L.A., you really yeah. can't do that. No, L.A., you could do. I mean, I, I had four shows booked one night in L.A. and I had to cancel the last two because the really? first one started late then the second one started late. Damn. And then it was all the way across town for the third yeah. one. Then I have to come back across town. I was like, there's no way I make yeah. this, you know? Yeah. Um, I feel like down, if you have a good solid night booked, you could do three, maybe four spots on a weekend in, in, in South Florida. But it, I don't know. I think it's also different though. Kind of like a tourist activity in New York. What, what would one do? You know, like they want to go see a show on Broadway, yeah. maybe a comedy club. Like when you go down to West Palm beach, you're like visiting your grandparents Yeah. or you're, vis- or you're visiting your ex-girlfriend or whatever. You're not going to a comedy show. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's there. They don't have a problem on the weekends it's just what you're saying makes more sense and holds more water like during the week because yes. like uh, you know the seller is sold out on a monday but the miami improv is not selling out on a monday yeah, unless exactly. they have a produced show oh, there. yeah oh, right, right right or if they're even open on a monday right yeah exactly i mean it's also a much bigger place right right, right. yeah you know? so asylum nyc is debating opening um i think it's like a third night a week in july to do really? like 100 percent. so we'll see what happens there but yeah i mean in terms of like scaling you know they don't want to have a yeah. 10 to 15 person in the crowd no show, i know, mean like your show is great just, yeah yeah we had 75 percent damn capacity how many people do you have so, at the show? About 70. Dude, that's amazing. I think we sold a ton of tickets. Um, and if yeah. you guys weren't there, you guys have another chance to come see the Ted Jones Comedy Show on Monday. This guy will be there Monday, 7 p.m. at the stand. Ticks are in my Instagram bio. Guys, I have a couple promo codes. DM me for the promo Ooh. codes. Only a couple left. I hope to see you there. Come yes. eat dinner. Get wasted. It's going to be a great time but yeah in terms of like and the stand is an amazing the, comedy club yes, so you're absolutely. gonna if you come you're gonna have a blast you're gonna, gonna see us blast. perform it's gonna be a fancy uh, time yeah it's gonna be great i can't wait we have a great lineup too. we do have a great lineup um everybody's good looking on that lineup everybody yeah yeah it's, just take a look at the flyer it's gonna be a hoot yeah i mean asylum like i to your credit like i know you said you sold a bunch of tickets yeah. but Everybody says that when they book a show. They're yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, dude, it's yeah, sold out. Yeah, no. I know. Like, you know. But are you gonna Are you gonna back yourself up with saying to my credit? And that's what I was gonna say. Go my, ahead. My point being, I wasn't. I was like tempering my excitement because I was like, all right, 
I know this is a pretty big space. It's a Thursday night. It's kind of an earlier show. Like I, he hasn't done it here before. So, but he said he sold some tickets. Let's see. And then we're sitting down there, and there's no one there. And then your grandma came down, and I'm like, yes, "Is there gonna thank be like you, grandma? Yeah, grandma came and yes. sat right up front with your dad. Yeah, and had a great time. Yeah, hilarious though. Like my yeah. grandma and my dad, we were probably the only two audience members. Yeah. In the room, like twenty five minutes before showtime. Yeah, and that, that's a, for a comedian. You're like, <laughs> yeah, I was fuck. like, fuck, where is yeah. everyone? I'm like, it's his grandma and his dad. Like, <laughs> dude, there's no way this turns into something. And then it's just people just started lining up, and more people, and more people, and yeah, a lot of hot came people. Just like dr- drones. Yeah, there were a lot of good looking yeah, people. Yeah, there. a lot of very crowd. good looking friends. Yeah, it was it was a good crowd. Yeah. Um, my dad definitely had a few of his friends there, which okay. was nice. But I will say, um, like, like it was cool. yeah, it was great because also when it's a very good looking crowd, sometimes you're worried because maybe I'm speaking out of turn yeah, here, why? but I feel like most like if there's a lot of really hot girls in the audience, it's not necessarily always the best audience. Maybe. Right. Yeah. They're like, mm-hmm. yeah, like mm-hmm. I can't laugh at a yeah, fart yeah, joke. Yeah, exactly. I don't fart. Yeah. I've never fucked right. a guy like, you know what I mean? Right. Unless you're a girl with a huge podcast following and then they come laugh at everything. But uh, it's they're just a little once they get drunk. Yeah, then they're laughing at everything. But at first, they're just a little more apprehensive to you know what I mean? Right. But it turned out to be a fantastic show. Thank you again for having me. Yes, of course, man. You were great. Um, so I brought Zach on the stage. I was like, this guy is super handsome and underratedly funny. Yeah. Zach McGovern. He, tur- he turns back at me. He's like, underratedly handsome? What? The- no, 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 underratedly funny? What the I fuck, know. dude? I'm like, that's the first <laughs> thing like, you say. Fuck, I don't know. I was like, my bad, man. I got to get like a script of what you wanted me to actually say. Yeah, well, you, my but- mistake was being great. like, I-, I was like, just say whatever you want. And I didn't think... <laughs> I thought you were just going to be like, this guy performs all over. He's really funny. You're oh, like, he's fuck. underratedly next funny time, and very time. handsome. That's a perfect note. This guy performs all over. Literally, you do. So, I mean, it's, that's I'm, actually, I don't mind that. Day. That is a funny uh, credit. So I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I mean, I played with it and it was fun. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was I funny. I think that's also something that can be done by most comics when they're brought into the stage if their intro is funny. Yeah. You can just address that right away and then you can play into that. Like that. When I when Claire Parker came onto stage, I was like, the very pretty and lovely Claire Parker. She was like, pretty? I only do comedy because I didn't think I was pretty. <laughs> and then when Katie Morrissey, the next girl comic, came on the stage, she was like, I heard Claire come on the stage. Or, or I heard Ted introduce Claire when she came on stage. And I was going to be so pissed if he said I was pretty. He didn't say I was pretty, so now I'm equally as pissed. Uh, really good touch. You good can't touch. win, bro. You can't win. But I, um, the reason I, I remember all this stuff so well is because I did a vlog episode on it, Vlog 23, which is coming out Friday. That's you right. You had the camera. To, you guys are listening to this Thursday right now. So tomorrow, uh, check out the the show on YouTube. I did like a six-minute vlog. Oh, nice. Quick, boom, 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 boom. But um, it was great. Everyone everyone yeah. was really funny. Yeah. Those so are cool I little vlogs, myself. too. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. So we'll see. Hopefully, we get a bunch of traction on that. And uh, we'll do the show again there at Asylum soon. But uh, for the most part, guys, I'll be doing shows hopefully a couple times a week as time progresses. So yeah. so we'll see. But uh, the stand this Monday is going to be a great show. Zach will be oh, there. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, the man. food there is fantastic, too. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Like, definitely come hungry. Come and uh, eat dinner, for sure. 7 p.m. Perfect dinner time. And it's a vibe, too. There, have you, know you I mean? Yeah. Have you done that upstairs room yet? Yeah. Okay. You like it? Did they close the doors when you did it? Uh, they did, but it was before COVID. 
Oh, okay. So I think they're trying to keep like everything open airy. So if it's warm out, they'll definitely probably have those doors open and then have the front doors to the patio open too. I'd be interested to see what actually happens though. Cause I've seen places have gone to a hundred percent, like within the yeah. last 24 hours, like Cuomo's like, all right, whatever. You yeah. Know, Cause we reached down. what? 70%, 70% yeah. vaccinated. Did you get vaxxed? Uh, I did not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you going to? I, but I still have antibodies. Okay. That's what that's what they all say, right? Okay, so <laughs> I got the antibodies. I'm not trying to fucking okay. overdo it. All right, so you're good. I'm gonna I'm gonna get vaxxed. I just wanted to wait a while and see what the majority of my friends said about it. I see if we just start fucking twitching and freaking yeah, out. Yeah, you know, right. no, yeah. I wasn't like anti-vax, like oh they're tracking us or anything. I was, was just kind of like, yeah, like, yeah. There's no microchip in it. Though. I know that. I just I'm not even. No, I wasn't thinking that for even yeah. a second. I was just like, <laughs> I, I had COVID and then obviously I have the antibodies and it wasn't, the, I mean, I understand people are, people who died and, and it's for other people's protection too. But while I have the antibodies, I'm like, I don't want to put that shit in my body and just feel bad for a few days. Like, but now I'm like, okay, you know what? It's time. Like shit's opening back up. I want to travel outside the country. I know I'm going to need my uh, vaccine. Like I was supposed to go to not beyond this show tonight, but I was going to go watch the show that they're, uh, it's at, uh, I forget where it's at. Um, anyway, it doesn't even matter, but they were like, okay, just make sure you bring your, uh, vaccine card in New York indoors. Yeah. Oh. And I was like, damn. And that's, the, I haven't really heard much of that yet though. Yeah. And the girl was like, well, maybe you should just like, see if you, you can borrow a friend's card and just like, say you forgot your ID. And I was like, that feels kind of shitty. I'm not. But in general, that could be a huge jam if you lose that COVID card. I be, yeah. I'm 65 percent sure I know where it is right now. Really? Well, you got to take a picture <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah, I got to do that. Take a picture. I don't know if I did that. Put yet. it in the cloud. Yeah, lich. And then you'll be fine. The cloud. The but cloud. Okay. Yeah, I got to fucking. I think I'm gonna do. Which one did you get? Uh, Moderna. Moderna. Yeah. What'd you get? I'm gonna. I want to do oh, Johnson oh, and yeah. Johnson. What did you get? What? I didn't. Didn't get, do it yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, you were talking about Florida. Uh, obviously, as you know, if you are a normal person that watches the news at all, yes, most Floridians I came into contact with are like, no, I'm not doing the vaccine. Fuck the vaccine. Uh, I'm good. I had COVID or I didn't have COVID and now we're back to normal. I'm fine. It's just the thought of not having the vaccine and getting sick would be like, fuck. Well, I had all this time where I could have gotten mm-hmm. COVID. I mean, I could have gotten the vaccine. And if you think about the first maybe six months of COVID, like from March to September, <clears throat> if people knew that we had a vaccine at that time, I feel like a lot more people would have taken it right then. Even though the timing yeah. of the vaccine would have been super quick, I think people are just like, fuck, I want to get oh, I want to get this over with. Just yeah. give, me the, give me the juice, whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to do it. I just I, I just haven't done it. I, I'm going to do it. I'm probably going to do it tomorrow and just go to the Javits Way Center. Read or something. Well, I live right across from the Javits Center, and they're still doing the walk-ins, I believe. But I don't know if they're doing uh, Johnson & Johnson. Because I just want to get the one shot. I don't want to go back two weeks later. Yeah, yeah, I understood. Because I want my card. Because also, there's a bunch of comedy clubs here. Not only the one that I was just talking about, but I can't do the shows now because they're like, you as a comedian need to be vaxxed. So I'm like... I have not across that. Well, I guess I'm vaxxed, but I haven't heard that yet. Yeah. Interesting. So that, for me, was really the point where I was like, all right, you know what? Like, regardless of how I specifically feel about it or, or, you know, personally, like I want to perform at these clubs. So just get it. You're not going to die. There's no chip in it. Just get it. It, it, You know, I just, I, I, there was just a little part of me that was like, I hate that. Like the government is telling me to do this. Like you have to do this. You have to do this. If you want to travel, you have to do this. If you want to go to these places. And I'm like, all right, well, I don't like that authoritative 
you know, connotation. Yeah, but point of view, yeah. All right, we got to do it. Fuck it. It's one prick, two pricks if you do. Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. So. I, I, t- I did mine in, uh, in Brooklyn. How'd you feel? Bushwick back in the day. I was fine. My arm hurt for 24 hours. That's it. Like a dead arm, but that's it. I didn't get sick. No, you didn't get any, no, not even from the second one. Nothing. No, my friends uh, did from the second one. From got, Moderna? Uh, yeah, got like 48 hour, like flu, like kind of symptoms, but I was yeah. fine. Everyone was just saying it was like a mild flu, like the hot and cold flashes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's me every Sunday after drinking. So, like, yeah, whatever. exactly. How much are you drinking these days? I'm not really. I mean, just like a normal New Yorker, just every day, Monday through Sunday. Right, right. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I drink. Uh, if I go out during the week, like when I go to comedy shows during the week, I typically don't drink or if i do i'll have like one drink yeah uh but on the weekends i'll you know i'll have a few more do you smoke uh i i do edibles sometimes okay yeah because i get a little weird when i smoke weed like if we smoked weed right now this would be a very different podcast i cut off smoking weed three hours before each podcast unless i make it known that like i'm gonna do it which is like on the podcast otherwise i just get a cloud and i can't really fully finish my thoughts yeah yeah you're not you're not a big drinker though are you Eh, not really right now i prefer smoking weed yeah, I mean, I feel like it's probably healthier. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely healthier, you know? I think. But, I mean, and then, you know, I'm coming back into being single now, so you're like... Oh, yeah, you can't, like, meet women if you don't drink. There's, yeah, that's what do you do? How, like, that's literally how I've felt the past six months. Yeah, so. you're like, what do you do? Because I, <laughs> I don't want to go on dates, don't want to go on dinner dates, and if I go on a date... I mean, what's the only thing you can do? Meet up for a drink. You yeah. can't meet up for coffee. Well, but you can meet know. up for coffee. I, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I just don't really want to. I know, because so. then what do you do? You make you have coffee, then you got to shit. Yeah, and you can't and even like, lay it down, too, like after ten, a 10 a.m. coffee meeting. No, like the there's no. The whole point is like you drink at night. People are, you know, get a little bit wasted. Mm-hmm. You mention your apartment, how you want them to see it later. And then they kind of connect. That's like my go-to, dude. I'm like, that's your move. Yeah, I talk about like, oh, I'm like, yeah, and, and then this thing in my apartment, like, you, you, you should come over and see it later. But blah, 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 blah. like, I make sure that I throw that idea yeah. out, like, not even fully sticking to it. Yeah, not like sticking it on the wall here, but like just like throwing it in the conversation. Well, you know what I used to like to do? Uh, occasionally, I would, I would just right off the bat be like, just so you know, like nothing's happening tonight. St- what? Yeah. Why would you, as a joke? Well, I mean, just to see what happens. Because most of the time the girls are just laughing, like, oh, okay, yeah, all right, all right, we'll see about that. Or like, no, She'll I know. say that? That's yeah. like opposite roles, I feel I know, like. yeah, because I... girl would say that. I right? know, but I just, I get on it, I'm like, just, you Does know... work? I mean, it's, I, it's, sometimes it would work, and sometimes they would just be like, oh, I know, and then I'd be like, fuck, all right. <laughs> 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 that's a real, that, I think that's like a really big... Uh, risk though, yeah. To well, the, her just be like, yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I feel, like I feel like for me that would not work well. Well, it's also like, and there's, it, I think about this sometimes too when I go because dating is a thing. You know, you gotta you gotta figure out how, what are you doing. We, uh, if you can have one drink, okay, she's cool. We're gonna have two drinks. You know what I mean? But if like right off the bat, she's like, just so you know, nothing's happening tonight. Yeah, just I'm so like, you know, well, we're just, splitting the bill. Just so you know, we're only having two fucking drinks. Yeah, then. <laughs> literally one for you, one for me. Yeah. Now. And I'm having a seltzer. And I'm yeah. not gonna. St- I'm not gonna go drink for a drink with a girl if I know nothing's gonna really happen. Yeah. Of it, and also I don't like having just one drink, man. Really? I don't know if it's a bad thing that I have, but like if I'm drinking, I'm drinking. Like, no, okay. I'll have four white claws. Like that's where we're starting. Wow. You know. Yeah. I mean, I can easily just have like one glass of wine or like a beer. Or yeah, something. I can't really do that that much, and nor do I enjoy doing that. Yeah. I mean, it's because if you're if you're having one drink, you're doing it for the taste you're not doing it for 
the oh, purposes that- of getting buzzed. Yes. Like, I like a good beer. Like, a, I would taste. I like a good glass of wine. Good pills, nah. Good pills. <laughs> good cocktail. Yeah, bitch. But the cocktail, if you have one cocktail, you're probably getting a little buzz, and then you're like, well, nah, nah, nah. Yeah, you can't have one vodka soda. I don't no. think I don't think, I don't think that exists. No. They just open the tab, because they know you're going to have another one. When's your next show? Uh, My next show. Say Monday. Oh, it is Monday. No, it's is not it? Monday. No, well, I have today shows. today we're recording. It's not, you know, not right before the well okay show. so this is coming out thursday my, my next shows are uh friday at tribeca comedy lounge black cat comedy club saturday at new york comedy club sunday at new york comedy club and then monday at the stand at baby the stand, for bro. ted jones so you're cranking them out this weekend cool I'm cranking I, them I out. will hopefully meet you at black cat this friday nice you're gonna come you're gonna come freestyle we'll see we'll see what time are your shows at um new york comedy club uh they're the early shows yeah they're those early early i don't know bro 5 p.m saturday 5 p.m sunday new york comedy club and how does that work on uh drink minimums and tickets at that club i don't know just same as most clubs uh well no because the stand's a little different it's uh two drinks and then the ticket price but Ryan, the guy who runs the shows, he has a really big meetup group. So I think he comps tickets for some people that do the meetup. And then, I mean, it's been great. Like, the shows have been great. What does that mean, meetup group? So he has, like, it's, I think it's meetup.com. He has, like, a 75,000 follower, you know, group on there. So he just puts out where all the shows are. And every single show, he has at least, like, 10 people that are coming from these meetup groups. It's crazy. I should start one of these. I've never heard of that. Yeah. That's Meetup groups, event brights, anywhere you can like get people to follow your stuff. That, yeah. You know, especially for someone like you, you do a lot of good stuff. You have a lot of social media stuff. You're putting content out like that. They, you can just link up to this stuff and then uh-huh. it will make more people want to come. Cause there's a lot of new people to the city too. And they're always looking for stuff to do, you know? Yeah. Like I hung out with, uh, at the comic strip on Monday there was like this group of Mormons that came to the show and they had <laughs> been to the show before and they came with us to the bar afterwards and they don't drink they don't have sex like until marriage so it was a very interesting what were they conversation doing at the bar yeah they were just hanging out with the comics because they were like this is really cool not we're new to the city sex yeah no sex no drinking know, People, comics sometimes are weird <laughs> oh dude you're telling me i've i've been doing this almost 13 years so like, what's the weirdest story you think you have i know i didn't say i was going to ask you a big about, time question like this yeah what's the weirdest thing you've encountered i'd say crowd wise and then other performer wise uh just the i wouldn't say weirdest but i would just say like when i first started stand-up i would do these open mics and i'm not going to say the person's name but he ran in the same he was a little further along it was like you know i think he already had maybe a tv credit or he had written on a show or something like a pretty substantial thing and he would go on he would choose to go on right after me every time at the open mic whenever we were at the same open mics and he would spend his entire five minutes just shitting on me over and over and over again and i was like three months into comedy i'm like what what, is this what comedy is this fucking sucks like i'll beat your ass you know what i mean so i i went up to him one time and was just like hey man like you need to lay off that shit and he was like oh you need to oh what are you are you gonna fight me are you gonna fight are you gonna fight me right now dude like seriously you're gonna be that much of a bro and i was like Dude, I've seen you at probably 100 open mics now, and you spend your entire set shitting on me. It's weird at this point. And I'm just, now you're just fucking with me as a dude. You're not fucking with me as a comic. Yeah. So stop it, or I'm going to wait for you outside. Things can get physical. I'm going to wait for you outside, yeah. and you're a fucking nerd, so you're not going to do that. And this guy still does comedy? Yeah, but then a couple years later, we, because uh, I think he was just like, oh, fuck this, you know, bro frat boy 
pretty boy piece of shit. He's just yeah. doing comedy, taking up stage time. And then when I stuck with it, I think he maybe lost that feeling towards me or gained a little bit of respect for me because I was hustling just like he was. And I was doing shows every night and doing open mics and like really trying to build myself up as a comic. So finally, one time at our show, we were on together. He's like, hey, man, that was a really, really good set. And by oh, the my way, God, this is hot. Yeah. And he was like, it was a really good set. And by the way, <laughs> I just want to like say, uh, you know, I, I, I feel really shitty about doing that when you first started because nice. i remember when i first started and it was really hard and i just i don't know why i did that i think it was just insecurity on my part but you know i just want to tell you like i'm good job sticking with it and good job watch the beef and let me kiss nice Let's yeah i told i knew that was gonna be a hot ending to that yeah, story yeah. crowd moment uh i mean i'm sure i know you've i've seen you firsthand deal with a bunch of drunk people before but is there is there anyone in yeah. particular that stands out to you um, nothing in particular. I've just had, I've had a few, uh, well, I guess one time I was at the show in Brooklyn and this guy was drunk in the audience and there was no bouncer and it was just in the back of a bar, but it was a separate room and it was a good show. There was probably like 30 or 40 people there. And that, that was like max capacity for that bar room. And this guy was just talking, talking, talking. And I was like the fourth comic up. And once I got up, I was, he started talking to me and I was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, dude, you got to shut your fucking mouth. Like the, no, no, get your, you're a loser. You just want to talk because you got drunk and you're by yourself and you're lonely and this is not your room. Like, this is for comedy. Everybody here wants to see comedy, right? And everyone was like, yeah, woo. And I was like, see, everybody here collectively hates you. So you need to. Oh, man, he didn't like that. It was like, you need to shut up and watch the show because it's a good show or you need to leave and let us do what we're doing. This is a thing. We're having fun. We're doing a comedy show. And he's like, ah, fuck you. And I was like, all right, whatever, dude. So then he like quieted down for a minute. So I went into a joke and I like looked over to the left side of the room and Right as I looked over, this glass just fucking, I see it out of my peripheral, and it just, he's chucking a 16-ounce pint glass at me, and it luckily just broke right in front of my legs and didn't hit me, but like a whole glass, and he's probably like 15 feet away from me, so not far at all. That could have like severely hurt me. Yeah, you could cut your face off. Yeah, yeah, so that's when I just snapped. I like put the mic in the stand, and I was, I like, I was like, you need to get the fuck out of here. I'm going to fuck you up like you piece of shit like what the fuck is wrong with you like went off and then like uh the bounce like i don't know there was no bouncer there but this big dude came in and was like all right bro you gotta go and like me and him just kind of like escorted him out and he was like talking shit the whole time and i was like yeah you're a bitch whatever like take it easy man i was like i'll be off stage in five minutes if you want to wait outside it's up to you (laughs) you know and then i got back on stage and i was like sorry if i freaked out everybody i i I know that was probably weird for you guys i apologize and they're all like no you're awesome like yeah we're doing shots after this like let's party and then just like had a really good set and was fully ready for this guy to be waiting outside and obviously was nowhere to be found there's a lot of excessive drinking well i mean in general in society but at comedy clubs specifically yeah and it's you know there's the heckling is just it's weird to me because it's like people don't understand what this is like if i ask a question to the audience yeah respond you know what i mean is everyone drinking tonight Woo, yeah is everyone anybody do drugs i'm having i'm having jameson yeah like not too much three ounces you know what i mean we don't care just say yes yes like some people don't understand the dynamic of a comedy show and then they ruin it and it's because they've got other issues going on in their lives and they decide this is the right place to do it smoking weed as an audience member in a comedy show i think would do better than drinking yes mm, maybe you know but maybe like you said you get cloudy and you're like oh, i wouldn't be able to finish my sentences as an no, audience no, no, no. member right, right right yeah i mean as an audience member maybe you wouldn't like pay attention to yeah us, you wouldn't pay attention and the jokes would go over your head you get paranoid or something yeah exactly as people do when they smoke weed i get i guess like you do 
Yeah, very paranoid. Nah, yeah, just paranoid about my life. Like, if I was sitting here, I might yeah. be like, oh, Teddy thinks I'm a little weird right now. Oh, God, am I being weird? But then I would just leave here and be like, what am I doing with my life? Like, yeah. was that a fun podcast? Am I a loser? Should I quit comedy? A lot of people get you know, paranoid like that when yeah. they smoke weed. Like, introspectively paranoid. Right. And that's not, not like a fun that. place right, right, to right. be. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? But like if I've been high in the subway before and been like, this is the worst possible place to be right now. I hate this so much. So do you get anxious every time you smoke weed or just like not every time? Um, I think it's kind of like, have you ever heard? I mean, have you done mushrooms? Yes. So they say like if you're having whatever's going on in your brain, like how you're feeling or if you're trying to deal with something emotionally, like when you do mushrooms, that's going to come to the forefront. I feel like that's a little bit when I, when, you know, on the rare occasion I smoke weed, like that's a kind of as a mushroom effect. Yeah. I smoked weed last weekend and I was drinking some, so I was a little drunk, but I wasn't wasted or anything. And I was in a really good mood and the weed just kind of helped that. And I was just like laughing a lot and joking around. I was kind of stupid, but like, like fun, stupid, you know what I mean? But I've been other times where I'm like stressed about something and I take like two hits and I'm just like, <laughs> no but i have heard of a lot of people just getting super stressed from it i guess we need we need to find or when weed is fully legal which it is fully legal but when weed is in stores and we have like yeah. weed connoisseurs behind the deli bar i think that's when pe- a lot more people will start smoking weed when they understand exactly what they're smoking yeah and it's not just like from a Ziploc bag and like, am I going to get really paranoid this time and anxious? Yeah. Hopefully not. Let's try. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So you can have it. T- so like when, when the nug connoisseurs come to New York as they are in like Cali, Oregon yeah. and places where it's legal, I think that like a lot of people will hopefully transfer from alcohol to weed. Cause in my opinion, it's a lot healthier. Yeah. I don't know about transferring, but I, I do think maybe Definitely picking it up more up. because yeah. like in Illinois where I'm from, they have dispensaries now cause it's completely legal recreationally. So you can just go in and do exactly that. You don't have your card, medical card? Nope. You can just do it. You just, as an out-of-state resident, uh, you are only allowed a certain amount, and it's like a quarter of what the in-state residents are allowed, but it's still enough. Like You can get yeah. edibles and flour and stuff. Right. And it's that same thing. You like walk in, and I'm like, hey, man, I get super paranoid most of the time. And they're like, all right, well, stay away from sativa. Yeah. Maybe you need an indica, and maybe you need a hybrid, like but that. you need like lower THC, more CBD. So they like really walk it's you like through the it. Apple store of weed. Yeah, it's cool though. Cause then you know, and they're like, you know, maybe with this, like start with like half of this edible and then give yourself an hour or two and see how you feel. Like they really know what they're talking about. So yeah, I'm excited for people to start to really see maybe even restaurants that just have yeah. like weed in it, you know, like a Michelin star restaurant. Yeah. They, def- they definitely have those. I mean, the weed food is weird to me. A little bit. I mean, it depends how much THC they really put in it. Like yeah. I've seen on, was it Netflix, like a baking show yeah. that they just put like um, half a milligram of THC. So like you ba- barely feel it, stuff okay. like that. And then throughout the whole meal, I think you finally get high. Yeah. Like you have the drink infused with okay. THC. Okay. You have the appetizer, whatever it is, the salad, your main course, the dessert, and then you go out and you're just stoned. Okay. You know, See, that's like good. That. Cause like uh, Benny D has jokes about like weed food. And yes, it's like, yes, I know that classic joke. We won't blow up his joke on the spot. No, I'm not yeah. trying to blow up the joke. I'm just yeah, saying, no, like, just I, in general, like people eating weed. And I don't get it. I don't get high. eating weed food because when I get high, I'm like, damn, I want to eat now. But I don't want to eat to get high and then be like, damn, I already <laughs> ate. Yeah, and you just keep getting higher. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got to eat again. And then I'm a fat piece of shit, you know, yeah. just because I, I ate weed food. <laughs> All right. Well, Zach McGovern, thank you so much for joining me today on the Ted Jones World Couch. 
We'll you. see you Monday, man. Monday, Monday, June twenty first, seven p.m. Guys, my t- the tickets are in my Instagram bio, Ted Jones World, and we'll see you guys next time. Goodbye, bye guys.